I'm going to say a few things as you're turning to 1 Chronicles chapter number 6. Um, but I want to deal just a little bit this morning. It's, it's kind of odd. I'm going to deal uh, some with music this morning. There's just some things um, concerning the worship of God and music and singing um, that we go through the Old Testament uh, into Jesus' ministry and into the New Testament uh, and get a, get a good picture uh, of how uh, things were uh, accomplished and how things were done uh, from the Old Testament to the New Testament. What's God's expectation uh, for us? Uh, what does He, uh, how does He want us to, uh, we call it worship, worship Him uh, in a way that's acceptable to Him. Right? That's what we're looking for. In spite of how the world, they want, um, they want to worship the Lord in the way that makes them feel good. Right? I, this is my preference. This is how I like to worship. Uh, well, your preference and how you want to do things means absolutely nothing. Right? Uh, so, uh, what we just got to do, go to the Bible and find out what pleases God. How does it please the God? How, the, how does it please the God of heaven uh, for us to worship Him? How does it please God uh, for me to sing to Him? How does it please the Lord for me to play uh, instruments to Him? Those things are extremely important. We know that uh, because music began in heaven, right? It's not an earthly thing. Music began in heaven. And uh, so let me just bore you with this quickly. Many of you know this, uh, but uh, Satan, many have said, was the music director of heaven. I don't know uh, if I'd take things that far. Maybe he was. Uh, but uh, they get that from Ezekiel chapter number 28. Uh, the Bible talks about and referencing to him as the king of Tyrus uh, is uh, being referenced there as Satan, uh, being perfect in all his ways until iniquity was found in him. Uh, there's the prince that's mentioned would be the earthly um, uh, the earthly uh, ruler uh, of Tyre. And so it's, uh, it talks about in verse 13 in reference to Satan says that he has uh, tabrets and pipes. Uh, and so uh, many people say, and I, I studied it the best that I could, and I give you, I would have to agree with that um, um, uh, um, exposition of those verses. Uh, and so basically, uh, the uh, uh, cherub, the anointed cherub that covereth is what the Bible referenced him as, uh, had built-in percussion and wind instruments. He was a he was uh, uh, music pleases the Lord. Uh, music, singing, sounds, pleasant songs, those things please the Lord. And nobody was as gifted and beautiful as, uh, as, as Satan was, Lucifer was. Uh, and so um, uh, I won't bore you with any more of that, but uh, the, the, the worship and the singing and the, the, the praise and adoration of God is uh, not something that started here. Uh, it's a reflection of what goes on up there, right? Just like in the tabernacle, it's the Lord had pitched and not man, which is a figure of the true. Uh, those things that Moses made after the uh, God of heaven instructed him uh, to make them after the heavenly true pictures of what's true in heaven. And so um, we have to see things and people have preferences. I'm not talking about preferences this morning. Uh, I'm not uh, dealing with that. People's emotions are different. None of them can be trusted. 
but they're all different. Uh, they're all alike in that they can all not be trusted. Uh, but emotions are good. There's nothing wrong uh, with emotions unless your emotions uh, are not grounded and settled uh, in faith and facts of the Word of God. Uh, and then your emotions can get out of control. The Bible references and talks a lot about emotion. Um, but emotion has its place in worship. And so you can't completely rule out emotion. I've heard people in this day and they say emotion is shallow and, and uh, emotions have no place in worship. And somehow they're very spiritual because they're uh, dry as last year's bird's nest. Being dry or being loud doesn't make you spiritual, right? Either way. Uh, um, and so uh, what we just want to do is go to the Bible and look. It's obviously something that's very important to God. Worship, singing, playing of instruments, anything that we do for God, God deserves our best. Right? Um, some people get the idea that they're more spiritual because they're not very good at something. Well, I just kind of get up there and wing it, you know, pretty good. Just do the best I can, you know. Well, uh, um, uh, <laughs> that doesn't make you better than anybody. It's because you just wing it like a good old boy, right? Everybody understand what I'm saying here? You speak that language. Okay, I need to translate that for any of you uh, Yankees in here this morning and don't understand what I'm saying. Uh, but uh, no, the uh, the worship of God is very important, and God's laid out things in the in the Bible uh, that He commands us. Uh, I'm using that word as worship, uh, and do you understand what I'm talking about when I say worship? Now, worship in the Bible, uh, Jesus Jesus told the woman that they shall worship me in this mountain, uh, that they shall worship me in spirit and in truth. Right? It's a heart matter, and uh, worship most of the time in the Bible uh, is referencing uh, when they worship. They bow themselves down, right? We get the words uh, laying prostrate before uh, the Lord, being bowed down before the Lord, humbling yourself uh, before the Lord, worshiping Him uh, in adoration and awe. And uh, that kind of um, uh, is what, so, but what I'm talking about uh, is in the, in the worship of the Lord, you all know what we talk about, our worship services, right? Okay, so you can follow me there. I'm just using that term, uh, don't get all picky on me, because I hear a lot of people say, uh, with uh, a lot of times you hear attacks on both sides. Again, human nature jumps from one ditch to the other. There's a crowd over here that, uh, uh, that wouldn't uh, uh, crack a smile on their face. Uh, it, I mean, they wouldn't dare smile because somehow they'd be unspiritual to show emotion. Then you got this crowd over here and all they want is emotion and they don't want any truth and doctrine. And so they just jump from one ditch to another, you know, everywhere in your life. And uh, so uh, uh, there's an attack. And, and here's what one side will say. Well, worship uh, is really, it's done in the quiet. It's done in the heart. And that sounds super spiritual, but I just described what worship is. When you see worship many times in the Bible, it's always, almost always followed by, and they bowed themselves. They bowed their heads and worshiped. They bowed themselves. Now, there's other places uh, that it's referenced uh, 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 where uh, he took the lad yonder to worship. And there's, there's other talking about in its sacrifice. Uh, but uh, in, in the sense that they're using that, they'll say, well, uh, worship's done quietly. Worship is done in the heart. And worship is done uh, when you bow yourself. So if you want to say that a person is not worshiping uh, because they're being joyful or they're or they're expressing some kind of emotion until you start bowing yourself you're not doing it right either 
So now if you want to get on the ground and you want to they prostrate out before the Lord and bow yourself before God and then tell me I'm not spiritual because I'm emotional, then that's fine. Maybe I'll listen to you then. But you're not doing it right either if you're not bowing yourself down. So we can't go by your idea or my idea. Let's just look at what the Bible says, uh, how we should be. Now here's what we definitely should be. We should definitely be real. Can I get some amens there? And uh, uh, here's the problem with a lot of people that say, I think we've hid behind that for too long. I've heard that said for years now. And you know what we are? We're real wrong. We're real unthankful. We're real unjoyful. And so that just says, well, at least I'm real. Yeah, you're real dead. So until you're real joyful and real thankful and real praising, you need to change, right? I need to change. I'm not right. Uh, um, So uh, a lot of things sound good, and I understand what folks are trying to say. What they're trying to say is, well, I don't want things uh, uh, blown up and forced and and made, and I don't think anybody does. I don't think God wants that kind of thing. What God wants, though, is not for us to hide behind I'm real, and let's get right, right, and get to the place where we're joyful and thankful, right? Let's get to the right place because I don't know how I'd fail to have the time or space on four pages this morning to put the verses in this Bible that connect singing with praise, singing with thankfulness. I mean, those verses, I mean, literally hundreds of verses that are connected with praise and singing. And I tried to find solemn. I tried to find singing that was connected to uh, some sense of being solemn. And I didn't find that much. I did find one place uh, and it was a proverb and it talked about a man who has has a heavy heart singing to him is like taking his garment away in the cold. And I was like, well, that didn't really fit. Most of your singing in the Bible, most of your, your, your worships, that type of worship, most of that is done out of thankfulness, out of joy, and out of praise to God, right? And so uh, a lot of people say, well, I don't like all that emotion and I don't like all that stuff either. Uh, Well, uh, I understand what you're saying, uh, but uh, you are wrong to say someone that's expressing emotion uh, that's born down out of the heart. That's where emotions come from, right? They come out of the heart. So if your heart's right, your emotions are okay. Just don't ever let your emotions guide you. You got to get your heart right. And so if my heart is just thankful to God and I just want to praise God, that emotion being expressed is perfectly fine. Right? Nothing wrong with that. And you say, well, I don't want to work it up. I think we probably should do more working it up. And I'm not talking about somebody standing up here and trying to sing the right songs at the right time and say the right things to get the right amount of shouts and get people going. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about stirring yourself up. You ought to be in hell today. Right? God owed you nothing. He could have let you go on and and, and die with the the wrath of God abiding over you. And he could have not given you an ounce of joy this morning. You could have woke up uh, uh, facing uh, 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 death in the family. You could have woke up. I know a man uh, just about 10 years ago. He woke up and he couldn't see anymore. Went to bed with his full eyesight and woke up the next morning. He is blinded for the rest of his life. And God lets you wake up this morning with eyes good enough to see an overweight preacher preach to you from the Bible. Give you some goodness. 
And you know, and you say, so what are you talking about? Preaching trying to stir me up? Well, I think in a sense there's not, a, there's not some of that's not, not wrong. What I have a problem with is when the intent is wrong. If you're trying to stir it up so that you can have a wild service and tell everybody, boy, God really met with us, that is not right. What is right, if you have a heart's desire to admonish others out of your joyful and thankful and merry heart and want them to praise the Lord with you, that's fine. If you want to glorify God, stir me up all you can. Right. I'm set out on purpose to stir you up this morning. And if I can't do it, I'm going to send Tyler back there to paint you. We ought to be stirred up. Hey, we are saved for heaven. We're saved for eternity. All your sins washed away. I'm telling you, we got it made today. We ought to put, have a smile on our face, have some joyfulness in our heart, and worship God together. That's what we ought to have. And uh, so, uh, Lord, uh, and now again, please don't take me out of context. Uh, I, I do uh, understand what's being meant by those things. But as I started to think about them, I found myself starting to excuse myself uh, as to not being joyful, right? If the joy of the Lord is my strength, is it okay for me not to be joyful? Is it okay for me not to praise the Lord? How do you praise the Lord? Well, I praise Him in my heart. Well, uh, uh, okay, you can start there, uh, but it ought to work itself out every now and then, don't you think? Now, don't get me wrong on the other side that likes the other side and thinks I'm telling everybody that don't cry and weep and stand up and shout and scream and run that they're wrong and you're right because I ain't saying that either. Your emotions are your own. They're conditioned by your raising. Uh, there's a lot of things that are, some people cry. Some, they lift their hand up about this high and they're not scared to death because they don't want nobody to think that they're trying to be something. And, and everybody's different and I'm not trying to push any emotion on anybody. What I am saying is our hearts are to be filled with some joy and some thankfulness and some merriness and some gladness and we ought to praise and sing to God together. Right? And so uh, we start out uh, how important this was. Uh, there is music uh, that's found in heaven. And uh, the angels uh, we see in Job chapter number 38. I'm just going to go chronologically. I don't have it outlined for you this morning, but I'm going to go somewhat chronologically here. In Job chapter number 38 and verse 7, the Bible talked about the morning stars singing together. The sons of God were super unspiritual and they shouted for joy. If they only had you there to instruct them of how, how unspiritual they were. Why were they shouting for joy? Because they had some joy in their heart. Because God had done something, right? Right. Now, see, you don't have to do that. You know what it takes to get these knees to put 200 pounds up in the air like that? You don't have to do that. Brother Lance, my knees ain't going to take that much more, brother. But... Just a little joy in you. Now, some people are not that way. That's okay. But what I'm talking about is things that come out of your heart. Our hearts should still be joyful, shouldn't it? Right? And here's how I feel our church is, and I want people to know, and I want to do it publicly. If you are, if you got a heart that's filled with some joy, and you want to get up, don't swing from our chandeliers. Brother Reed had to fix it, and I don't want to do that. And don't climb on the backs of our pews, because I don't want to fool with that either. And once you break your neck, and I ain't taking you to the hospital. I got to eat later. But you want to take off running, and you want to shout, and you want to praise God, you are at liberty to do that. I don't look down on you. In fact, most of the time when I see people do that, I think to myself, boy, I need to get something. Something's wrong with me. <laughs> my, my shouter's broke. 
Right? I ain't looking down on you. And if you sit there with just little tears streaming down your face, I'm not looking down on you. In fact, I'm not looking much to you also. And, and anyway, the way, I, the way we ought to be is we ought to have people looking at us just long enough to see what has us mesmerized. It's like me standing here. If I stood here long enough and just stared up there, I guarantee you every one of you are going to go, what in the world is he looking at? Right? And my worship shouldn't bring attention to myself uh, no more than my dress and the other things we talk about. But in the way I express myself shouldn't uh, draw attention to myself uh, um, uh, any more uh, than any of those other things do. But it should draw attention to the God that's had mercy upon my soul through the blood of Jesus. He took an old wretched, rotten, no good for nothing sinner on his way to hell and birthed him into his family, put a song in his heart, singing praises unto God, set his feet on a solid foundation, guides his way uh, by the lamp and the light of the Word of God and he's going to carry him safely home one day to the other side and his vile body's going to be changed. He's going to be raised incorruptible. I want them to see that God in me. Right. And, uh, and so uh, what we need is to not hide behind uh, these things. What we need is to get ourselves changed so that, we can, so that we can sing, so that we can make music, so that we can worship, I'll say, our God from a real heart filled with real joy and filled with real thankfulness, right? We shouldn't have to fake that. If you've got to fake being thankful, you've got problems. I'm looking around. I don't see any of you starving. Don't say nothing, Brother Reeves, please. <laughs> Brother Montgomery. Right? We're doing good. COVID come through here, about wrecked the economy. Hey, the men of this church didn't hardly skip a beat. God protected every one of your jobs. We've nearly doubled our offerings through COVID. You're talking about God blessing folks. We can, we can be, hey, we got so much to be thankful for, we don't have time to go through it all. God has abundantly blessed us. Say, well, I don't want to fake it. Here's the good news, you don't have to. Get over yourself and think about what God's done for you and quit dwelling on your own problems and your own little world and just start, just start thinking on good things and you're not one of them. Just start thinking of Jesus. Jesus already said you wasn't no good and so just get over it and just think on Jesus. Jesus is good and if there be any praise, if there be anything like that to think of, all I know to do is start looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. Maybe you'll get a little praise, a little thankfulness, a little cheerfulness in your heart. Right? Said, well, I got a heavy heart. I know that, and uh, I understand those things, and and uh, and it's difficult. But I'm not going to hide behind that. I want to get. I want God to, to change me. I want God to affect me on the inside and and get me back to the place where I enjoy the salvation of God. When I got saved, I didn't know nothing. I didn't know up from down. I, I'm telling you, I didn't know anything. All I knew was I was on my way to heaven and my sins were forgiven. And I, I was more full of joy. And you can, you can talk about, yeah, you know, God put away the dope and the drinking and the, all that stuff. And the reverend, the running around and all those things. And yeah, God does that for the life of a sinner. But I'm going to tell you one thing he did for me. He put some joy in this old hateful sinner's heart. I hated people and he flooded my life with his love. And man put some joy in my heart. And no man took it from me. I gave it up. Got cold. Got indifferent. Everything we do, we're supposed to do heartily is under the Lord. 
I believe he said in the book of Revelation, he said that if you're lukewarm, he would spew you out of his mouth. Is that right? What are you talking about there? Now, I don't think we ought to do anything in service to God lukewarm. Would you agree with that? I don't want a lukewarm missionary, right? I want a missionary that's, that, uh, and I love to see these missionaries. How many years on the field, brother? Four, uh, 46 years. Brother Jones, how long have you been preaching? 49 years and still on fire for God. You watch Brother Jones, he's liable to take off running. Still got the same joint. His heart, his body might limit him a little bit, uh, but uh, uh, he's still in his heart to do it. Still got the same joy, same thankfulness in God. Hey, uh, let's, uh, let's go on down through here in some of this. And just I'm just going to mention a couple of things here. The largest book of your Bible is a song book. Do you know that? I'm going to start out, and we won't turn to all these. I'm going to catch up in First Chronicles. Moses and Israel sang in the wilderness. I'll give you the verses if you want to go to them. You can do it later. Exodus 15 and Numbers 21. And so I want to talk about some things and get down more specifically, though, uh, because it being so important, and we do major on the preaching. I want preaching that is rightly divided and from a King James Bible. Do you? And I, I want a man that doesn't sit there and take a verse and twist it up to make it fit his theology and give me 45 minutes of story time. Right? I think you ought to expound the Word of God. And I like story time sometimes. But uh, usually before I go to sleep, not at church. But, uh, right, so we, we have some expectations that we believe the Bible teaches about preaching. Well, so does the Bible about singing and about instruments and about playing uh, the uh, music for the Lord. And so uh, the, it was so important. Uh, we're going to talk about David in First Chronicles chapter number 6. We'll start there. Uh, but the Levites uh, were organized to sing and to make music in the praise of God. They were especially set aside and they were assigned certain ones to do a particular job to sing and to praise God. They, they set it up that way and that's where we get a lot of our things. You'll see congregational singing in the Old Testament. You'll see things being talked about in the congregation singing together. But you'll see a certain group set aside to sing. That's where we get our choir from, uh, those types of things. And this was important business to David. Why is this so important? Because music is very powerful. It's been called the language of the soul. That's why we preachers stand up here and tell you not listen to music that's not spiritual. Right? Worldly music's not going to do you any good. In fact, it will hurt you. Music has an influence on you. Music has an effect on you. And so uh, if that being the case, and we're susceptible uh, to being especially toyed with in our emotions, which would cause some actions, but being toyed with in our emotions by music, then music must be very carefully orchestrated, wouldn't you say? Because I don't want somebody up there beating around on a drum and playing a song that reminds me of George Jones. Right? If I wanted to hear George Jones, I'd have gone, I'd have just gone, well, I did. Uh, but if I wanted to hear some ungodly country singer sing about cheating on his wife and drinking a beer and his dog dying and getting a DUI on a tractor, uh, uh, then I would have gone and listened to that today. But I didn't. I came to worship God today. 
right? I want to hear about heaven. I don't want it to sound like ZZ Top when I'm listening about Jesus. I want these things are holy things. God's business is holy business. That's why he had entrusted it to a holy priesthood. Holy Levites that were, that were uh, uh, set aside uh, to praise God and to worship God and to sing unto God and it should not, it should not match what's in the world. Right? Well, I like that Christian rap. Why don't you just quit being lukewarm and just listen to the real thing if you want to backslide on God? Right? Am I, am I okay, everybody? So I don't like it. Well, okay. But you've got to agree with me at least this much. That if you've had a past... How many of you can go sit down in a restaurant and they'd be playing some kind of music uh, uh, from the 70s? I mean, I don't care if you heard it 30 years ago. You'll sit there and tap along to it and you remember every word that's said. I have to get up and get out of there. Music has effect on me. I can't hardly take it. I'll be singing it right along with people and won't even realize it. Music has an effect on you. So why would you want anything that would put you in remembrance of the kind of music that you listen to, which puts you in certain places doing certain things and will draw at your flesh? Music's powerful, right? And that ought to be carefully orchestrated and so that the music, uh, the beats and the rhythms and all of those things should not match what's in the world. I believe that with all of my heart. God's business and the worship of God uh, should be holy and set apart, making melody in your heart unto the Lord. A simply orchestrated holy song unto the Lord with the right kind of doctrinal message will do more for you than some kind of uh, 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 overly complicated uh, sound where the music drowns out the words. I have the unfortunate uh, chance to have to go to one of these praise and worship messes. They call a church. It's not a church. Uh, but it was so loud, they dimmed the lights, the strobe lights and the smoke. And it's exactly what I saw when I saw Skinner. Well, no different. In fact, I'm just like Billy Mitchell. I just soon listen to Skinner. If I'm going to backslide on God, I'm just going to go all the way. I'm not going to go half in and try to make it spiritual. And uh, I had to listen to that mess, and I went in there, and all you could hear is boom, 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 boom. I don't know what they were saying. You know, music involves prophesying. There's teaching and admonishment in music. Not in the melody. Well, that's why it uses melody and not harmony. Those are two different things. The harmony is very simple. The melody, that's very simple. And, uh, and that's why I said to keep those things simple uh, because it's the message that will help you, not the rhythm and the beat to it, right? Setting that simple melody to it will help you memorize it, but what's helpful is the ministering of the message behind that song. And that message is victory in Jesus, right? I heard an old, old story how a Savior came from glory. Amen. Amen. I want to hear that. Amen. I want to be drowned out by somebody over there, boom, 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 boom. Fooey on that. I don't know about y'all. That don't do nothing for me. But works up my flesh. Right? So, uh, and I'm not here to pick uh, as many bones with all that stuff. I, I think we're all in agreement there. But then we come down and see how important this is to David. We see in First Chronicles chapter number 6 and verse number 31. And I'm not going to read these names. I, I, there is no way that I'm able uh, to study and try to sound educated in order to pronounce these names properly. So when I skip over a name, it's because I cannot pronounce it. Everybody okay? All right. 
just get that out of your head. Well, I wonder if he's doing that. Yes, I am. Absolutely am. Okay? I didn't have time to do that. There's too many of these names you'll see here in a minute. And these are they whom David set over the service of song in the house of the Lord. After that, the ark had rest. You know how important that was. God didn't even want a man to touch that ark that wasn't qualified to do so. Right? God is serious about his business. And we take it very lax. God's serious about what he's doing. And David recognizes that. And he set aside a certain group to be over the singing. Is that what he did in verse 31? David set over the service of song in the house of the Lord. Now he's establishing something here in chapter number 15 before Solomon gets the temple built. We're dealing with the tabernacle here. And so he said in verse number 32, they ministered before the dwelling place of the tabernacle of the congregation with singing until Solomon had built the house of the Lord in Jerusalem. And then they waited on their office according to their order. All right, so we see in uh, uh, chapter number six, now turn with me, uh, we'll go to chapter number 23. And work through these just as quick as we can. Because I want to try to get to the New Testament. And there's just so much to have to try to get in. It would be impossible. Um, but let me just say this about uh, uh, David. Turn to, you can go on to, uh, go to chapter 15. I didn't need you to turn there. Let me just make this statement here. Turn with me to 1 Chronicles 15. And you'll see before his death uh, how he established the singing. David was very talented musically, right? Do we know that about David? You know, David even made instruments himself, yep. right? Yeah. David was an author. He wrote music. David uh, sang. He danced one time, had people all upset. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, David was very talented musically. He was very skillful. And uh, I think that's important, doing the service for the Lord. God's, God calls you and gifts you. Uh, God calls you to do something, and God wants to put you in a place of, uh, to do something. He'll give you the resources necessary to do it. So don't worry about that. Uh, but uh, he did that here. Uh, we see in, in 1 Chronicles 15, I want to just read, starting in, in verse 16, I want to look at just a couple of things quickly. Starting with verse 16 of 1 Chronicles 15. And David spake to the chief of the Levites to appoint their brethren to be the singers with instruments of music, psalteries and harps and cymbals, sounding by lifting up the voice with joy. So let me show you how they did this, okay? You ready? Look up here. Here's how they did it. David instructed him. He was not playing around with this. He said, well, this is boring to me. I don't like any of this. I don't sing. Well, just don't let me catch you nodding off. Pay attention. This is important business. Here's how they sang. Here's how serious. He said, look, God deserves our best. God deserves to be praised and to be honored and to bring glory to his name. And so he instructed and set aside a certain group and to sing praises. And here's how he wanted them to do it. Oh, we just sang this last week. Good night. <sighs> Victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. Well, whatever. Can he not sing something different? Good night. That's not how they sang it, did they? How about this? Victory in Jesus. Yeah. Doesn't seem like I have a lot of victory. I'm miserable. That's how a lot of people sing. Say, well, I don't appreciate you making fun of me. I'm not making fun of you. Well, I'm just telling you you're wrong. Well, I'm real, and like I said, you're real wrong. 
he said they were to sing. And I love you. I'm not trying to be a smart aleck. That just comes natural to me. <laughs> they lifted up their voice with joy. They were thrilled and lifted up their voice. Well, certainly they didn't get loud, did they? I'll show you some place where it specifically says they played it loud. Well, that loud stuff bothers me. Well, I'm sorry. Evidently, God likes it. It's in there all the time. Well, I don't like that shouting. Well, evidently, God likes it. It's in there numerous times in the Bible. So I'm sorry. I don't mean to. I, I'm not trying to be offensive. I just, I'm just trying to. I just want to do. I, I just want to honor the Lord and sing in a way that's pleasing unto Him. And so here's what they wanted done. They wanted their voices lifted up and they wanted them singing with joy. Right? Well, why should they do that? Why should you make me? Why do, I, why do you care how I sing? Uh, because uh, you're ministering to others when you're singing. Right? And I'm sitting there and, 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 and maybe I've not done what's right. And I'm hoping you can admonish me and exhort me and help me. And when you're standing up there like this, oh, well, take drink. Yeah, well, whatever. Nah, and you know what? I don't even want to. And, and you, you start mouthing it. Watermelon, 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 watermelon. <laughs> Hey, look, we all get there. Please don't. If you take this as an attack, you don't know me at all. I'm not attacking anybody. What I'm saying is, is uh, uh, we got to start looking at things differently and say, well, i am not got a lot of joy in my heart. Well, then you'd be better off to stop by the altar on your way up here and get down the altar and get right with God and get filled some joy in your life because there's people out here that are hurting. There's people whose lives that are being shattered by sin and decisions being made by family members. There's people that are hurting physically. There's people that have lost family. There's people, I'm telling you, people are taken up with so much sorrow, so much pain. There's so much going on in the lives of people these days and when they come in here and they get sung to, they won't see somebody that believes what they're singing and sings it with a little joy like they believe what they're saying. Right? A little passion in you. A little, man, I'm just saying this. We ought to have some joy. joy, uh, We ought to have uh, the lifting up of our voice is what it said here. And they did it with joy. Uh, Why? Uh, Because that's what God deserves. But it's not just God. It's people are listening. And the Bible says we're speaking with another and singing in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Right? Teaching and admonishing one another. How many of you been sitting in here has something get you? And you didn't take care of it before you got here. See, here's the problem. A lot of us come in here and we're waiting to get moved by music. That's the wrong way to do it. We ought to come and our music ought to come out of a movement of our heart. That's what the Bible teaches. See, the overflow of my heart filled with joy and thankfulness unto God ought to overflow. That ought to create the atmosphere and not the singing itself, the heart that's doing the singing, right? But we come in here like, move me. I'm waiting to be moved by the emotion of the music. You can do that by just listening to the truth of the Word of God. Uh, Peter said, stir you up by way of remembrance, right? The message of the song. If you're waiting for the rhythm and the beat or somebody to sing it right to move you, you've already messed up before you got here. But here, here's the thing about singing, folks. We all do it and we all get there. And so what we have to do is not just speak to ourselves, but to one another. And so when we sing, I, you know, I see Tyler's really going through it. And I think, God, help me to preach a message. That's my job to preach it. But when I, if I was singing, I'd be thinking, God, help me to help those that are out in this pew that are downhearted and downtrodden and they're beat down and they're wore out. Help me to give them something that might encourage them and help them a little bit today and sing it in a way that you care about it. Right? 
And uh, uh, that's what they did. They lifted their voices up with joy. I don't know, I don't know who taught that stuff, uh, but uh, uh, I've seen it in several places uh, where uh, it's almost like a sin uh, for you to show any emotion at all. I don't see one time uh, where God attacked them for their praising and their singing and their joyfulness and their dancing and their emotions. I don't see them one time attacking them for that. And so uh, we just have to be careful, right? Because then what you have is you'll have people jump to the other side of the ditch and then it's all emotion and there's no truth and that's very shallow. It ought to be the truth that moves us emotionally. And the fact that the truth doesn't move us from within our hearts, it shows that there's a problem. I think it's like Brother Ronnie Jones said, talked about our bowels, we're stopped up, right? And so we don't have time now. I've cooked too long. Uh, but uh, uh, so he established this elaborate service. Let me just mention a couple of things out of verse 15, out of, out of verse 16 of First Chronicles 15. Number one, uh, their musicians were appointed. You see that in verse number 16. They did not choose their own position. This group of people, they were humble. They weren't thinking, well, I'm best at this and this is what I'm going to do. No, they were appointed by someone that was spiritually over them, right? It's the same way in the New Testament, right? Let me try it again. Amen? Amen. Hey, I got a little baby to say that. Is that what I... They didn't choose their own positions. They were appointed to their positions. And they humbly accepted and waited on their service. They lifted up their voices with joy. In verse 16, there were both singing and instruments... Some people, uh, I don't know if some, any of you are raised in, in those type of Baptist churches, but uh, there's one particular sect of, of Baptists that uh, are against even the piano. Even the piano's wrong. Well, that's silly. God had all kinds of instruments. And the only thing we don't see in here is drums here in, in, in chapter 15. Uh, but there were all kinds of instruments and in singing unto the Lord. They used many instruments, cymbals and psalteries and harps in verse 20, trumpets in verse 21. Uh, verse uh, 24, uh, note, um, the singers and the musicians were instructed. Verse number 22, they had somebody uh, that was helping and instruct them. Verse number 22, he was skillful. He's instructed about the song because he was skillful. So there were skillful people. That's my next point, verse 22. They were instructed and they were skillful. God deserves our very best. So let me say this. This wasn't just like the Big Bang Theory. When they come together to sing and praise and worship, it didn't just Big Bang happen and it all fell out however it fell out. They were skilled. They were instructed. They practiced with intent of their heart to praise and sing and worship for God. Right? Well, one, one thing I guarantee they have, they were at least there. You can't, you can't do your job if you ain't there. Amen. That's the biggest problem we got. Not only is it not in the heart, the body's not even here. Amen. Don't die off on me. So uh, turn over with me to verse chapter 25. We'll never get this done. I'm already over. Time limit here. There's so much to this stuff. When I got to looking at it, it blessed me and helped me to see in, in leadership as well, that things ought to be more orderly and more, more done with, with instruction and skill. And, and boy, the Bible just helps. Every area of life, the Bible's got an answer for it, doesn't it? Let me do this quickly, because we're, but you'll see similar lessons here in chapter 25, so I won't preach them. Uh, in chapter number 25, starting in verse number one, they gave thanks and they praised the Lord. The singers were under direction of leaders in verses two, three, mainly uh, verse six. Uh, they ministered the word of God in music. You see that 
verses 1 through 7. You'll have to circle them and read them later. Or we're going to run out of time. Um, they were instructed and trained. They were skillful in verse 7. They prophesied with instruments. And so this sheds light a little bit. And I don't have time to go into it. But if you write in your Bible or you write down it all. But in 1 Corinthians chapter number 14 and verse number 3. Uh, talking about prophesying. It describes it as speaking to edification, exhortation and comfort. And it kind of gives some ideas there talking about prophesying. That I don't feel the need to go into. But you can write it out next to your Bible and read it later on. Okay. Now if we look again uh, at some other lessons. We were just there at David in chapter number 25 uh, for Samuel. I'm not going to go into the um, um, uh, things that I want to go into because I've got three more pages. Uh, and uh, I don't think you'll sit here with me that long for me to get through that. Uh, but I sure would like to. But um, this, these are things that are done with intention. These are done uh, with purpose. And so I'm just going to give you these verses. Again, we can't turn to them, um, but I'll, I'll give them to you in case you are writing them down. Just a couple of lessons learned uh, between those two chapters. We saw some, but the singers and the musicians were skillful. We saw that. Uh, they had the ability. They practiced and played skillfully with a loud noise, um, and uh, they excelled. Uh, if we look at, uh, if we were in chapter 15 and looked at verse 21, uh, the Bible uses this word, they excelled. Um, and I looked that up and what that meant was that mediocrity was unacceptable. The highest level of expertise and preparation possible. They took this business serious, didn't they? Yes. They weren't joking around about this God's business here. They were serious about it. They trained in 1 Chronicles 25, verse number 7. They were well organized. They submitted to proper order and authority. And uh, they were in their assigned places and uh, all those good things. And there was, uh, uh, they sang uh, to, well, how they determined this is they used lots uh, to avoid jealousy and division. Uh, in things of what people would do. And we need to have that in our day, don't we? I've seen a lot of trouble in fighting and, and silliness started over who gets to sing the special. Right, that's a bunch of silliness, isn't it? We don't have that here. I, I've never detected that here, but I've seen it happen. Uh, so we just we do have to be careful about that. Um, we talked about that already. Uh, they sang and played with enthusiasm and joy. Uh, you see that in First Chronicles 15 and 16. And I want to read you a statement by a man that I won't tell you who it is. I don't agree with him much theologically. But this was a very good statement. He is very gifted uh, uh, musically. Uh, he taught at a school we would all know. Uh, but uh, congregational singing is a reflection of a church's spiritual character and condition. That says a mouthful, doesn't it? And so the Bible said, Oh, come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise unto the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let's make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. That's Psalms 95. It wasn't a half-hearted thing. And so uh, uh, people, uh, let me give you these, word, these uh, verses quickly. Uh, we talked about this already, so I won't, but I want to give you these verses before we go home. Uh, because this stirred my heart up a little bit. Uh, because I've always been under the impression uh, that you shouldn't try to stir anybody up or stir anything up. I don't know that that wasn't the intention of this man. Uh, not in the sense to get a bunch of flesh moving, uh, but so, so that God was properly worshipped in the right manner. I believe, I believe that's what was done biblically. So let, let me just read what, what I'm talking to, to, to you about here and we'll go home. Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of His, and give thanks at the remembrance of His holiness. Oh, Mac, that's hard to do quietly, isn't it? 
Well, a lot of people hide behind that. I sing unto the Lord quietly. I give thanks quietly at the remember of His holiness. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name together. We can't do that together if you do it quietly inside your own person. Well, preacher, I disagree with that. Well, again, just like most things, just give me some verses and come talk to me. Instead of just getting mad and leaving and saying, I disagree with him, uh, that's silly. Why don't you just get in the Bible and come show me where I'm wrong? Surely you wouldn't want me to be misled, would you? And just let me, just let me be wrong. Surely you great, loving, unjudging people, surely you wouldn't want me to just go on wrong, would you? It's amazing about that non-judgmental loving crowd. They got no problem letting you just be wrong and sinning against God. Now sing unto the Lord, O ye saints, O magnify the Lord with me. Sing praises to God, sing praises, sing praises unto our King, sing praises. For God is the King of all the earth. Sing ye praises with understanding. Exalt the Lord our God and worship at His holy hill. For the Lord our God is holy. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. O give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon His name. Make known His deeds among the people. Sing unto Him. Sing psalms unto Him. Talk ye of all His wondrous works. Praise you the Lord. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. Isn't that good? Oh, praise the Lord, all ye nations. Praise Him, all ye people, for He is the Lord. Isn't that good? Praise you the Lord. It is good to sing praises unto our God, for it is pleasant and praise is comely. Praise you the Lord. Sing unto the Lord a new song and his praise in the congregation of saints. Praise you the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise you the Lord. And he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our our God, many shall see it. They can't see it if it's inside you. Even praise unto our God, many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. <laughs> Isn't that good? Well, now we got now we got to go home. It's terrible, isn't it? I'm giving you just these last couple of things here. Uh, they prophesied. We looked at that. They sang the truth unto edification. We'll see that more in the New Testament. We can do that later. They sang God's words unto him. And then we get into Solomon. And we won't go to Solomon because of the time here this morning. But one thing I wanted to notice, there was unity and there was not confusion in Second Chronicles chapter number 4. And... Um, Boy, I wish I had time to move us in. Listen, just how important this is. Um, Jehoiada in Second Chronicles twenty-three continued on uh, um, uh, the uh, the praises of God and continued on in the worship of God as David had had settled it um, and. Um, as you go on, and Hezekiah reestablishing the music ministry uh, after Ahaz uh, in Second Chronicles chapter number 29, the worship, the singing, the instruments, all of that was so important to God's people. It was serious business, wasn't it? We ought to take it serious, shouldn't we? Because I kind of feel like if we're going to do it for the Lord, we ought to do it better than we do anything in this world. And... Um, I haven't often looked at music that way. I really haven't. I just kind of thought it was just something we do so the preacher can get ready. You know, I, I mean, I, I honestly, I love music and enjoyed music, but I've never looked at just how important it is 
and uh, in, in the Word of God. And um, boy, I wish we had time. God had commanded this. Here's, here's my point. Say, well, David did that. No, in 2 Chronicles 29, 25, David did it because it was commanded by God to be done that way. Yes, amen. Oh, boy, there's so much of this. And Ezra and Nehemiah, how they had all the singing men and women that were appointed to that business. And Christ sang a hymn, did he not, with his disciples? And Mark 14, after they had sung a hymn before they went to the Mount of Olives, Christ will sing in the midst of the church. Now, I believe that's possibly in the, uh, in the millennium, but you know he did that upon the earth. Yes. Hebrews 2.12, it may be something he already did. Uh, talking about Psalms 22. But I'll sing, I'll declare thy name unto my brother in the midst of the church. And then if we get to come back tonight, that gets us kind of through the Old Testament. We see that it was, it was something that was taken very serious. There was hard work. There was dedication. There was people set aside to do it. These were faithful people, holy people. And they cared about the business of God and the worship and the singing and the playing of instruments. It was important to them. And it should be to us. Should it not? And I don't care what the emotion's like in some ways. What I do care about is the truthfulness of the message. And the, the, the New Testament, we're done. Uh, but the New Testament will pick up in Ephesians 5 after Paul and Silas have sang in Acts. And look at what the Bible says. We all know the verse I'm going to. Um, Be not drunk with wine, we're in his excess. And um, I wanted to look a little bit of that, but we'll have to do that later, okay? Because I've already run my time out. I told you it's going to be a weird message this morning. It was just odd, I think, a little bit. But it was good. Amen. It's good to see the truth of the singing. And um, I, don't, I don't think light, lifeless, dry singing is godly. I don't think that's godly. I just don't believe that. And, um, and you, know who, you know who's to blame for that when, it, when it's that way? You and I. Right? You know why? Because our hearts ain't right. Amen. We get our hearts right, and, uh, and uh, then it'll come forth, and we can be real joyful and real thankful, can't we? Amen. Lord, we love you this morning. Help our hearts. We, I make no excuses for any of us, Lord. But you know what's in man. You know what we go through, what we suffer through. The people in here this morning even that have so many pains and aches and hurts and Lord, there's just so much spiritually, emotionally that's going on in these days. But Lord, we know that you give more grace. And so, Lord, none of us have an excuse to be unthankful, to not be joyful in the midst of these years even. Even through tears, Lord, and weeping, we can be joyful and thankful unto our God. Because you've been good to us, Lord. You load us daily with benefits. So, Lord, I ask you to help all of our hearts. And, Lord, we'd take more serious the things of God. The faithfulness to your service, the faithfulness to the worship time, the faithfulness, Lord, that we should be faithful, uh, Lord, not just present, but faithfully here in hearts and worship and adoration of our great God and Savior. We love you. Forgive us where we fail you. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been sitting a moment. Stand, please, if you would, and we'll give you a verse. If you need to come, you come, and uh, we'll give you one verse. If you need to come, just mind the Lord. Brother Reed.